Another episode of No Ride Around, coming off the heels of the top 10 items that Harley and I love to talk about. And uh, now we got, let's talk about some training. Let's yeah, talk about where we we're at. We haven't done a, a Breck Epic uh, check-in, as yeah. it were. Uh, I just, I do need, I know we don't have a lot of time today, but I do need to like laugh about actually getting yelled at by your wife. Oh the, my god! The other day, <laughs> so it when when people show a side of themselves to you that you've never seen before, it can really be alarming. And I saw the I saw the look on your face. Well, so I've been yelled at by Abby for having shitty form during a squat, to, for sure, or not trying hard enough, putting a knee yeah. down in a plank, maybe. Yeah, I've never been yelled at her just on the phone at my shop. Yeah, she, <laughs> she lit you up. So I think uh, all of our significant others, like there's a place that you go where you like time disappears. Yeah. Um, for me, it's uh, with Molly uh, leaving any, she's a, a professional belly dancer. And so leaving any dance function, like time disappears. We're leaving. Okay. And then three hours later, we're home. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I think the bike shop is like for some people, maybe it's a bar or uh, a friend's house or whatever for you. It's the bike shop. You yeah. come here, time melts away two minutes, two hours, two days. It's all the same. It so much so that, so I'm a lunatic about timing with food. So I try to keep myself like right on the rivet with the food that I need. So two and a half hours goes by and it's like, I need to eat now. now. And so, and I already know what it's going to be. Oftentimes I have it prepared um, I'm kind of on it. The only place that that doesn't count is at the bike <laughs> shop. I'll show up here with no food and not need it for a period of like I will destroy my nutrition plan for the whole not, day and not even know. Yeah. So yeah. Justin came by to came to get his new bike and uh... <laughs> she said, "Okay." She to her defense, it was uh, it, it we had a plan that afternoon with her family, and she said. I was like, hey, this this part came in that I need is the la- a missing part. Last piece. Last piece. And uh, it came in on a, on a delivery from Amazon. And she goes, well, you want to go do it, don't you? And I was like, I would like to. Yeah. She goes, just be quick. And of course, I I, I had texted you. I was like, literally, everything else is done. We just need Brakes are adjusted. Part. Gears are adjusted. Handlebars are wrapped. Nuts and bolts are done. Like, literally, put the part in, and the bike can go on the truck and away. It was, everything was set for it to be a very quick situation. Yeah. So she goes, just be quick and get back. And I was like, no problem. Obviously. Yeah, duh. That's all I need to do is just go pick it up. Yeah. And then. And then it, it wasn't fast. And I think you were here for probably 40 or 45 minutes. And I got a very perturbed phone call from your wife that consisted of some, uh, some F-bombs. And he's still talking, isn't he? And tell him I'm waiting in the alley. <laughs> and I just kind of held the phone out about, 10 inches away and Justin actually had genuine fear I, in his eyes. Like it was a panic, fear, a little, know, a little bit of, of amusement because he knew what was <laughs> happening on the other end of the phone to me. <laughs> yeah, I uh I made the point to you guys like and I don't I'm not saying like I'm not a caveman at home by any stretch of the imagination. I I care about my wife and, yeah. and I talk to her about things that are important. Um but I rarely, when I rarely am having to jump for her, not because, um, not because like I just don't listen, but she, she's super easygoing, dude, mm-hmm. and it lets me get away with murder. Yeah, um, literally, if I kill things, and she <laughs> like lets me get away with it, and it's uh, it's um, I mean, I'm so lucky, and I watch other guys that are kind of mm-hmm. on the beck and call. I'm like, hey, dude, you want to go for a ride? Well, I gotta ask my wife, and then yeah. the wife, and then my girlfriend. I'm like, well, fuck, why do you have two of them? And then, uh. But they're so like wrapped around that concern, and I'm like, Abby's cool with everything. Yeah, so I'm good. Yeah, let's go. Unless she's hungry and business has been sitting in her car for 25 minutes, yeah. waiting for you to get there so you could pull into the the garage so that she could then pull into the garage. Well, and no, that, so I could just get in her car and go because oh, she eat. was like she was prepped. Yeah. to get we were going to her her, her uh, dad's house. Yeah. Like it was a family deal. So 
Uh, she was ready to go, and I, I, I was picking up a new bike. I mean, come on. Like, like, <laughs> I mean, the the funny, be realistic. The reason I had to laugh was because I didn't care. Like it was, <laughs> it was funny. Like she didn't offend me. She didn't upset me. I knew as soon as I heard, he's still fucking there, isn't he? <laughs> and I'm like standing there without a care in the world. At least you know, I, I oftentimes in a lot of other parts of my life, and and to give credit to what you said, time disappearing here. Yeah. And I say here because we're, we're taping in the bike shop uh, again, which is awesome. It's my it, it's fun to tape in here because this is where we we BS anyway. So, um, but the rest of my life, I really do. I'm like I'm rushing to get this done or that done, or yeah. I'm very ta- I'm very specific in what my my aims and my goals are. Yeah. And so for some people, like going home and watching, you know, binge watching Netflix or something is the way that they zone out. And for me, uh. This the phone service in this building is complete dog shit. Awful. Like it, you, you cannot hold a phone conversation on your cell phone in this building unless you have Wi-Fi calling set mm-hmm. on with yeah. AT and T. Yeah. So it's just trash. But that's a big benefit because when I'm in here, I don't that kind of work. Nobody can get a hold. No of one can, yeah. It's just it's a special escape, and that's why even Mo's been like, dude, you you like when you're here, you're just kind of here. And then I'm like, yeah, because everywhere else, I'm not. I'm like, yeah. So she lit oh, you up. She did. It was funny. And Justin sprinted out. And I knew the second she started talking on the business phone, I was like, his phone has been sitting in his car. <laughs> it's got 27 missed phone calls and 43 missed text messages. And I, no offense, Abby, but I, I kind of just hung up while you were still just getting, she, talking aggressively. She didn't care, I'm sure. Uh, no. So uh, it was funny, though. I've never I did I've been, leave. My, my, you know, I've had uh, dust ups with. Uh, my wife, ex-girlfriends, friends, friends of friends of friends. I it's the first getting like legitimately fussed at by a friend's wife. <laughs> and well, she's good. Yeah. She can link together some words. Yeah, yeah. She's a, she's a bit of a wordsmith. So, so I got out of there. I got yeah. out of there. I got the bike. Quick. I took it home, but I left my shoes. Forgot I shoes. I left a bunch yeah. of like yeah. paper. I, yeah. I left a bunch of stuff here. Bolted. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I thought maybe everybody get a little kick out of that. It was pretty funny. Um. So yeah, this race is uh, pretty soon. Yeah, you know, we've had the luxury of saying things like, you know, in our training plan, we want to do this, or you know, I want to go ride that, I want to pre-ride this, I want to get this type of mileage in, I want to try this thing. You know, there's been this almost what felt like an infinite amount of rope in which to play with with our training programming, and then you sit and you go, it's. It's the heart of it's summer yeah. and it's the heart of it. And this race is in in the same se- like yeah. it's time to go. I think we're eight weeks, like almost to the week, eight weeks out. It is um, not far. Super soon. Um so I think we wanted to cover a few things yeah. today. Um one of them is kind of it's an outlier, but it'll tie in. So we wanted to go over some like keeping the training interesting. At this point, we're pretty deep into the training. And uh, how do we keep it fun? Um, we're also pretty deep. Like, there's a lot of hay in the barn right now. Do you wish it was different hay? Right. Yeah. I mean, you, the path is set. Yeah. You can't really pivot a whole yeah. lot at this point. Yeah. Um. So with that said, yeah. like, what, man, in hindsight, what would you have wanted to pivot on type of things? We have that to talk about. Yeah. Um, and then we'll build off that a little bit. We're going to have some fun with this idea of training because... Um, there's a, a, a thought, uh, sentiment that's being expressed, I think in a lot of the hearts and minds of bike racers, and I'm going to speak to them just for a second, even though I know it's not our whole audience, but, um, and if you aren't a bike racer, you can understand this in a, a different area of your own life. But sometimes when you're in the thick of like the hard work that is required to reach a certain goal, you oftentimes just forget that, you're doing something that you love. It just happens to be hard work, right? Like there's always, of course, there's been that painter at some point in time that had to knock out a commission by a certain date and they're up late at night painting. They're like, oh, fuck, I'm up here painting. It sucks. I don't want to be painting. And you're like, but you're a painter, right? So like at the end of the day, you're painting. And it's easy to get confused in that when you, you put both a little bit of stress based on an event and then also a lot of just a lot of stock into this pursuit. Yeah. So there's a lot riding on this, like, we have built a lot of stuff around yeah. doing this Breck Epic thing as a, a group of four racers. Um, and so, yeah, there's that pressure added too, so, right? 
let's just hang on that for a second. With that said, I, for you personally, is there something that looking back and then looking at the short distance forward, mm-hmm. what's the, are there any overwhelming things where you're like, you know what, damn it. I wish I should have, I kind of would have. Yeah. Um, I can answer that real fast. And, um, uh, I am a faster mountain biker this year. I know that. Um, but not by the measure that I had hoped. And I wish that I had focused less on mileage goals in the early part of the year, in the tail end of uh, 2018 and probably the first three or four months of this year. And I wish I had prioritized uh, building some strength because I don't feel like I'm significantly more powerful. I feel great. And I feel like I've developed more endurance. Um, I feel like I've, I've played that mental toughening game a lot. Um, but I think if I had the first, or let's say November one through March 31 to kind of hit the rewind button on, I think I would focus, obviously I would still ride indoor, outdoor, whatever I could, but I would pull some focus on having these crazy mileage goals or hour goals. And I think I would have worked on lifting some big, heavy stuff and, and really generating some more strength to go with the endurance and, and speed that would come later. Right. So I, I think that would be my only redo. I, I feel very good about where I am. Um, and I actually feel very confident. And um, as I said uh, a couple of times recently, when I get on the bike, everything feels very in line with how I think I should feel right now. But if I just had one little redo, it would probably be that. It's a big redo, but yeah. And would but you in, uh, would you but, agree? Yeah, I mean, in, I would. I would agree with you because with everything that you had to do last year with getting the shop up in the first year of it underway, your and we're going to call it the central fitness. And we talked about this several episodes ago. Mm-hmm. But this idea there's there's something called central fitness that isn't specific to bike riding mm-hmm. if you're a bike racer but it's just your fitness overall it took a back seat in your life last year we have already like, covered that mm-hmm. and so when you got into a very specific this peripheral fitness focus your base wasn't where your base has been in the past right and so it probably limited you a little bit on maybe exponential returns on the peripheral focuses yeah seeing a high so, you know seeing a higher ftp yeah, that yeah. sort of thing yeah so i'm not yeah, yeah well i'm not saying yeah it's not like it was a wash no or side a, by side a to waste what, side by side to what you're saying it's not you don't suck you're pring everything you ride yeah so everything's going well but yeah could it have gone could better have a bit if better. it spent a couple of days a week on central fitness yeah. sure yeah and i don't think it would be the difference between this season working out or not working out no first off it's gonna work out like yeah you're racing all the days of the break epic yeah you're going to feel miserable on two out of the six. And then you're going to look back afterwards and say, dude, I actually didn't feel that miserable. Yeah. And you're going to be like, that was a great event. That's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. That's exactly what's going to happen. I know. I've, <laughs> I already told you, we've covered the, uh, the psychotic, uh, ritualistic, almost visualization exercises that I do with, with yeah. certain things. So, um, I've already, in my mind, I've already got the buckle. Yeah. Like the ra- it's just the formality of the race happening. Yeah. Just got to get through the days now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, when we were writing the show notes, I think I was, I kind of, I couldn't think of the right way to express it. And it was like, what are your, like, what would be my training regrets? And I don't think it's a regret so much of a, just hindsight, making a better informed decision or idea. Well, I, so I sent you the picture of this Socrates quote this week. Yes. Um, yeah. And we don't need to go into the details of why I sent it, other than the fact is that I just sent it. And the quote, if I were to pull this thing up, basically said, it was the Socrates quote that said, the only true wisdom is in knowing you know nothing. Yeah. And that was my response to you in a, a situation that I had found myself in, in which you were, you were the philosopher that helped me out. Yeah. Of the pickle, but you know, it would only be an ignorant person that would sit here and say, I have, and we harbor a lot of negativity around the word regret. Yeah. But hindsight is, in fact, as we know it, perfect. Yeah. And so you'd be stupid to say, I would have done nothing different. Yeah. I am perfect. I am no. a machine, right? Like, yeah, that doesn't work. So, yeah. So it's, uh, 
that would be that would be it i think it for me like yeah. maybe i could have i've actually felt really uh solid about my my eating habits for about the last four weeks um like really good like yeah. overall i feel like i eat pretty good um but um upon the uh the request of my wife um and her kind of being the uh, the catalyst behind just being a little bit more diligent about planning the whole week out because i would usually kind of vaguely plan five or six things and just rely on kind of knowing what to eat to kind of get me through not having that real strict stringent every meal every calorie planned right uh so maybe that would be maybe a little bit tighter on the 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 diet dietary stuff for the first four to six months not that i eat poorly but definitely not up to true potential yeah so um I, I, I've got them as well. Yeah. And I was going to be, you know, I think to the outside, I think, you know, especially the people who know you through E3, they're going to find it real hard to even wrap around the idea that the guy who's winning races and doing, you know, amazing feats of strength and endurance could possibly have a training regret. Yeah. And you know, that, uh, that is the single regret right there. My biggest, uh, the biggest Achilles heel to my program to date this year for the Breck Epic is that my, I have put myself, not to, not trying to sound egotistical, I've created myself to be the big fish in a small pond. Mm -hmm. My friends that I enjoy riding with, the people in my E3 network, the people in the base camp network, people that I surround myself with and that I share my accolades with that see that follow me on social media and that give me like the slaps on the back and whatnot. Uh, no easier way to say like they're all I'm faster than everyone I ride with. Mm -hmm. And that's my biggest issue. Yeah. And that's my biggest regret. I know of two steady weekly opportunities Actually, three because one of them is a two-day visit. But I know of weekly opportunities that I can go and put myself in with people that are significantly faster than me and mm -hmm. will force me to get crazy uncomfortable with myself and see growth. And I'm, I haven't done that. Um, beyond that, or in addition to that, rather, I put myself in a position where now I'm racing single speed. And if you think of it, you're like, oh, racing single speed, it's crazy. The guy's super strong. And I am. I rode uh, Centennial Cone yesterday on my single speed. I'd never ridden that on the single speed before. The full loop, I'm like 14th out of 6,000 people. Yeah. That's, That's quick. Stupid fast, That's right? Moving. Like, yeah. But when I go do these bike races, even if I'm winning them, it's not like the field's 150 people. It's a small field. Yeah, it's 30 and I'm, people. I'm winning a small field. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I know of these opportunities. I, I PHP is one of them. It's an early morning. Park Hill Pros, bro. It's an early morning road bike ride. And while I don't think I have a lot in common with a lot of those people there. They're fast. They're stupid fast. They'll get fast. you fast. And they, uh, it's, a no, it's a no joke ride. Yeah. And uh, I haven't gone. I've been invited yeah. several times. Yep. I know at the Meridian Laps down south, they right at Meridian and they'll do 30 to 40 miles and they're at a 24 mile an hour average, like stupid fast. Yeah. I'm not riding with them. Mm -hmm. um, and I know those things would make me better. I know they would be the punch that I need. Mm -hmm. I was asked a question uh, last week in reference to the GoPro games that I had done just a bit earlier in, in June. And, um, you know, I made a strategy play that I found out ultimately was a bad strategy play, but I came out of a single track section on the very first lap of the first climb, and I allowed a couple of guys to blitz me on the fire road, and I thought, well, I'm going to get a drink of water here. I'm going to catch them on the downhill. We've got three laps. Um, I'm only going to get stronger as these laps go on because that's what I'm, my body's geared for, this more endurance mind. And so I let these guys buy, and then uh, I end up getting bogged down on the downhill because now they're not riding fast, and the lead three guys got away from me. And now I'm not in the lead pack. So uh, somebody asked me, they said, did you, did you physically get dropped from those, from the top little bit? Or did you mentally let them buy you? Did you mentally drop yourself? Got it. And I was like, oh my 
got it. I got to be Shit. honest. Like, the <laughs> yeah. truth is I mentally let him out. Yeah. And I realized I didn't race cyclocross last year, which in cyclocross, you're reminded very quickly because it's an hour, not even an hour race, 45 minutes. minutes. You're reminded like, if you're not at the front from the get, you're not at the front ever. It, it's maybe the most distilled down essence of if you're not first, you're last. Absolutely. And if you don't have your spinness, if you don't have the whole shot, yeah. you're smoked. And so um, over the last week, I've thought about that. And uh, consequently, what did I pick up from you on Sunday? Brand new cross bike. Cross bike. <laughs> because <laughs> the truth is, it's right. I need to, I need to learn that. So my, yeah. my biggest regret is that I, and it's not saying I don't love, who I, I love who I ride with. I just, um, I'm allowing these accolades and these successes to happen and be like, man, this is really good. Yeah. And I might just get punched right in the mouth at nationals this year when the field is nationwide, the yeah. baddest single speeders in the country. And yeah. I'm like year one. So I, I, I should have done a better job of making sure that even as I'm progressing, that I'm still getting really uncomfortable and being sure. pushed to that level. Yeah. Yeah. As far as a long answer. No, it, it's uh hard I, to admit too. Well, I, not to, to stroke your already massive ego. Um, but you know, Stroke the ego. <laughs> it's good to know that, you know, I think somebody that a lot of people are just like, that is the most in shape person that I know. I think you're that for a lot of people. So to, I think it's good for those people to understand that despite you being, you know, rapidly becoming a pretty high ranked, uh, single speed racer and, you know, fitness guru at the gym, I think it's good for people to understand that like, Hey, like everybody can always improve. Totally. So, I mean, cause the other, and that's the funny thing. There's a, there's a commercial out right now, like a Gatorade commercial or something. And it shows two high school football players, like side by side doing their own training, you know, late at night doing ladder drills and right. sprint drills. And it's all saying like, you know, you put in the extra mile, so does that person. Yeah. You put in those extra 10 minutes, they did too. What's going to happen when you two meet up? Right. And uh, there's funny things happening on Strava now because, uh, you know, nationals, and not to take away from Breck Epic because I'm super jacked on what we're doing. Yeah. But I have nationals also in July, and uh, this will be my first year ever doing it, but you're, the, the roster is public. And so people can see who's racing, and so... Uh, getting Strava fall. If, uh, there's yeah, a lot of us. Stalking every, everyone's stalking. Everyone stalks everybody. And so now, you know, I went, I rode today, uh, a really fun ride, which we'll talk in a minute about how to have fun with this stuff <laughs> still. But uh, I finished my ride and then I go and look and I'm like, oh, and this guy that I'm racing, you know, I did 25 miles today. He did 42, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, do you have your, your profile set to private so that when these people want to follow you, you get to know that they wanted to follow you or is yours public? I get notifications every time. Not So I, anyone can follow me, Yeah, but like I don't have to approve it. Okay. But I get notifications when a new person follows gotcha. me. Gotcha. I don't know how that. Yeah, I guess you probably get does. a notification either way. But yeah. Uh, but no, I have mine set to private. No, man, I want to get out there and get after it because, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, as I had said earlier, you know, coming off of that quote from uh, the MMA fighter, yeah. you know, it's, I'm not here to battle that dude. I'm here to display what I've done. Yeah. And uh, so I'm going to go out there. I'm going to display what I've done. And maybe, you know, Bill DeMeo did better than I did. <laughs> not that I'm following you. He got fourth at GoPro Games, single speed, and I yeah. did watch your ride today, buddy. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to show what I did and right. he's going to show what he did and we're going to see who did better for what we're trying to do. Sure. Um, so how do we keep this fun? Cause I mean, so it's really hard when you're months into a rigorous training schedule to not have that, that, that thing where you look at the bike and go, but I don't want to, it's really hard. And for me, and uh, again, Molly helped me with this um, recently with some of her stuff. She's she's a belly dance instructor, and she teaches locally here in Denver and has taught the same two nights every week with very rare exception for almost 15 years. And So those are now dubbed Harley's nights. <laughs> I do uh, catch up on video games and Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Uh, I think when you're when you're just deep into a routine, it, it's real easy to get into a mindset of I have to do X. Yeah. And 
all you have to do is change one word and it gets way better. Yeah, you get to. I get to, man. Yeah. Like um even if it, even if I'm having it's a long day and you know, I work 6 out of 7 and I'm tired and I had to go home and I still had all this stuff to do and I don't have an opportunity to get on a bike until 9:30, 10 o'clock. Hey man, I get to ride my bike tonight. It may be inside. It may be with a pair of headphones on instead of, you know, out in the mountains, but I I'm healthy enough and I get to do this. Yeah, and it's so even when you say those words, yeah. It feel you're like, no, listen, guys, I'm not trying to be Tony Robbins. Like I'm just yeah. being honest here. Like yeah. I really No, it, you, know? you get to. Like your legs yeah. work. Yeah. You're healthy. You get to go be on your bike. Yeah. We we re I, I talked about that. Cause when you're around people who know how how important something is to you and you get like pouty poo poo face about your <laughs> very privileged opportunity. Yeah. Uh, I have to go ride the yeah. nicest piece of equipment yeah, that, that I've exists. ever owned. Yeah. I have to. No, bro. Yeah. Like it's I know this. Um, I'm not getting any sympathy points from Abby if I ever am like, oh, Yeah. I gotta go ride five hours today in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, you mean while the rest of us are at school, at work, yeah. inside. Yeah. Like you, you get to go play in the woods. Oh, yeah. poor guy. Yeah. Um, but uh, it does happen. It does. It, it, and so, you know, as much as we're going to say, like, just be positive, it does happen. Yeah. You get stinky poo-poo face. You do. And um, It happens. And so, so much so that I, you know, in talking with another another racer, they were, they were even debating on not wanting to do the race because they're like, you, you know what, this is just making bike riding not fun. And even one of our closest buddies, uh, he doesn't race with us, but one of the best mountain biking rider, mountain bikers I've ever ridden with. Um, Clint is probably one of the best riders I've ever set my wheel on yeah. ever before. Yeah. Doesn't race at all. Um, and said he's, he's very clear about it. He wants his bike is just, it's just for fun. Mm -hmm. And, um, for people who take things seriously, um, uh, and if you match your clothes from head to toe, you take things seriously. Uh, it can very easily not become fun. And so I talked to this racer just this week and they're like, you know, it, it wasn't, is making bike riding not fun. I don't even want to do the race. And we forget that whether you, like you said a handful of episodes ago, what is bike racing? It's just riding your bike yeah. with a number plate on it, yeah, right? That's, all, that's it all, all it is. So all it is. So as we talk about racing and training for racing, I wanted to make a focus for everybody that training is still fun. Training is bike riding. Bike riding is fun. Mm -hmm. The transitive property of training to fun, they're also tightly interwound. Yeah. Um, and I've learned recently, and we've talked a lot about, there are some tips, some easy things you can do to keep training fun and keep you in it without being so rigorously in it. Now, yeah. I don't have a lot, of, a lot of tips for riding the rollers in your basement at 9.30 at night. That is truly... Like just commitment to the cause, and when I see you post a Strava, and it's like nine thirty six, I'm like, dude, got it. Like that was just yeah. discipline. Yeah. And Jocko Willing says discipline's the key to everything. So j do it. Yeah. And and uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for saying that. Because I it, even at that time of the night, like, you know, it you're just like, I mean, tomorrow's like two and a half hours away. Right, <laughs> right. Like, yeah, I just do an extra twenty minutes tomorrow. Right. Um, so I appreciate the recognition because it, it it is a challenge. But I think my number one tip for keeping training fun, and this is it's a weird thing that I got from E three ages ago, which was observing the five minute rule. Right, just doing it. Just do it for five minutes. If it in five minutes, you're just like meh. But like every time I observe the five minute rule, even if it is at nine thirty at night on the rollers downstairs with earbuds and music. Like I still have some kind of fun. Yeah. Right. Well, in the, in, to your point, rollers are fun. They are like, if you, okay. So, um, like before an episode of Jackass, they have like a very bold <laughs> screen that says, you know, like, Hey, dumbass, if you try this shit, you might hurt yourself. Hurt. Yeah. You're stupid. Yeah. Um, so it's on you. So that like, if, in the audio world, guys, just plaster that disclaimer before what I'm about to say. If you've never tried rollers before, go try them. Like maybe a buddy has them. Post on like Colorado Mountain Bike Group on Facebook or something. Just post like, does anybody have rollers I can come be an asshole with? Yeah. And try it because it is, it's like a roller coaster video game. It's hard. Um, 
one of my goals uh, back last year was to just get good enough that I could ride them in the middle of a room, right? Because <laughs> right, right. most people learn how to ride rollers up close to a wall, in a yep, hallway, yep. in a doorway. That way you can kind of catch yourself because nothing's holding the bike. Yeah, you're at you're all. riding on a uh, basically a treadmill. Yeah, um, and I, mission accomplished. But then, us being us, well, okay, now I want to be able to reach down and get my water bottle. Okay, now I want to just be able to ride one handed. Yeah, for like as, as long, long as I want as long to. As I want to. Yeah. Um. So you know you start practicing that stuff, and you're still getting a workout. Your heart rate's still you know one fifty and. You know, so you're still getting a workout in. Um, and then um, for my for my cool down last night, I decided to start like trying to like stall the wheels. to like almost like almost like as close like as a you, switchback or something like as close as you could get to stopping without falling over and then like reaccelerating. So like just have fun with it. So this is after say, eight months of practicing. Yeah. Right. So. If any of you see Harley's posted Strava rides and you're like 12.36 miles, way to really get after it, buddy. <laughs> I want to challenge you to do 12.36 miles on a mountain on, bike, on rollers, on a mountain bike at 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> but the, it's not easy. I mean, I I had mine until I sold them to Roger. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I had mine in like a minute of riding on rollers was akin to 15 minutes on an actual bike in terms of total effort it's really hard to have control of your cadence so that's my fun um or at least one of the ways that i'm keeping things fresh so i had a an amazing experience um sometimes you come across things published you know be it someone's podcast or a book or an article and you read it and it reaffirms everything that you already think and so I don't know for you, but when I come across stuff like that, I'm like, yeah, I got life figured out. Like, it feels so good. <laughs> like, when be, things line up, yeah, you're like, just like, I nailed life today. Yeah, like, I have been thinking that forever. Right. You know? Um, so there's this this guy who writes this book, and I might have referenced it in the past, but Aubrey Marcus, he owns the company On It, which is a supplement company. They do all kinds of supplements and like nootropics and yep. all kinds of things. So uh, anyhow, reading his book and... He talks about this idea of a binary mindset where, you know, the binary system is zero or one, right? We've all seen the matrix, okay? So uh, it's zero or one, that's it. So the binary mindset is, is a light switch. It is, I am either on or I am off. And when you make binary decisions, there are oftentimes a cascading series of events that happen from that binary decision that you don't foresee happening. Mm-hmm. For instance, I'm going to wake up in the morning and do an early morning workout. That's the first thing I'm going to do. I'm going to wake up, I'm going to have a piece of toast, some coffee, I'm going to do a workout. When I have that alarm go off in the morning, if I make the decision to go and do that, I will have a cascading series of events that will change the course of my day. I'll wake up, I'll have my toast, have my coffee, I go to the gym, I get my workout in, my endorphins are released, I'm super jacked up, I'm proud of myself, I did something I didn't think I could do, uh, I may be increased by a rep or a weight or a mile or a speed or a PR, whatever, I have a success, I go and I shower off the sweat, but I swallow in that success with that, I move into the next thing in my day, be it an interaction with my loved ones or at work or my employees or my employer. And I'm lifted by that success and my interactions then are akin to that successful feeling. And now I have a better reaction, interaction, and my life is better at work. And so you can see how it happens, right? Mm-hmm. Very simply, I wake up in the morning, my alarm goes off. I say, fuck life, <laughs> alarm clock off. And I start a different cascade series of events that changes the outcome of my day. I now have had an argument with my wife. I've pissed on one of my employees, not physically, but verbally. I have, I have just gone through and had it in a completely different day from a single binary decision. Seemingly innocuous decision. Right. Huh, it's just not Changes for me today. Changes the whole tone of the, the day, though. Okay, so this binary mindset. So I've extrapolated this lesson, and I've created a binary mindset towards training. See, even like I, you're right. I am in, I'm in pretty good physical shape, and there's not like right now. I'm feeling really good about my training as well, and where I'm at, and I'm kind of like looking for that thing like where what's going to break me at this point, right. which I feel pretty good right. about, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but even I don't want to ride into the wind uphill on a road bike. No. Like I just don't want to. No. Right? It, I would rather stand up and say, Harley, you get one spot of your choice. Kick me with the deep toe of your steel toe boot <laughs> as hard as you want. 
right? And so I have found to keep training fun, force yourself into a binary situation. So I did. Not too long ago, I drove my truck 50 miles away from Denver, parked it, and rode a mountain bike from the trailhead. And this happened to be from Buff Creek. And I rode two segments of the Colorado Trail on my mountain bike. Now, I left my truck at Buffalo Creek. And I did that on purpose. I rode the mountain bike trail, got to a bike path, continued my ride all the way back to work and then to home that night. So I did a full, massive training effort. 46 miles, nonstop movement. Uh, not fair. I stopped at Snarf's two blocks from the gym to pick up a sandwich, stuck it in my jersey pocket. I picked it up in stride, like yeah. in the Snarf's, grabbed it, jersey pocket, out to bike, back to shop. Nice. Saturday became the, the crux of the binary situation. See, Saturday, I got on my road bike and I had to ride back to my truck. And I didn't... I, I planned the route. I didn't look at the details of the route. I just knew what the route was going to be. My house to Bear Creek Lake State Park, Morrison, Evergreen, Conifer, 285 to Pine, Pine to Buffalo Creek. Done. That's the way to go. Safest route, least amount of opportunity to get smoked by a semi on 285. And I was going to be there. What I didn't learn until I was in it was that it was 32 miles of uphill road riding <laughs> into a wind. Yeah. Now, five miles an hour headwind is enough to make you say, this is bullshit. Like, God, why do you hate me? Yeah. Or Mother Nature, or like, whatever the fuck you believe. 32 miles of uphill for you to ride downhill to your truck. Doesn't sound fun. But I was in a binary situation. I could have turned around at any point in time on Saturday and not had a truck, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, how do you sell that one to an already pretty understanding wife? Yeah, like, hey, I, I couldn't finish pedaling my nice bike to my nice truck. Can you take me to my nice truck? Yeah, she's no, you don't have a truck anymore. Yeah. So I just became sounds a year like round commuter. Sounds like you're calling an Uber XL, bitch. Yeah. And <laughs> if you know me, um, I am way too frugal for the XL version <laughs> of Uber. Okay. I will drive in your like cigarette burn stained <laughs> hatchback before I'm taking XL. So anyway, um, I was in a situation I didn't want to be in. But I was doing the training I knew I needed to do. Right. But I made it fun. I made it an adventure. I made it a giant self-supported solo shuttle loop that forced me to do the things I don't want to do. A 32-mile grade is going to be a helpful skill set when we're talking about day three and day four of the Breck Epic. Yeah, climbing, and you're climbing up. 8,000 feet. Totally. Yeah. So you're going to need that grind gear in your soul. And so that's what I was training, but I did it in a binary way. So my biggest tip for keeping training fun is take the training rides you're already doing right? And find creative ways to either change the access to that ride or the regress from that ride and make it so that, hey, today became an adventure that happened to have some training focused bike riding in it. But gosh, damn, like when I got to my truck, I was like, gosh, damn, that was fun, dude. Like yeah. The drive back from Buff Creek after I'd finished the job was like, I was listening to The Joint on XM Radio. So I was listening to reggae music, <laughs> windows down. I'm like, dude, I did it, you yeah. know, and, and I made it fun. Versus just going to do a hot laps at Lookout Mountain. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I think it's just that it's something that, like huge sense of satisfaction. Like you, you built a mission, you successfully accomplished a mission over two days. Right. High fives all around, even right. if they're to yourself. And even if you throughout it, so like didn't enjoy the moment. Yeah. At times. At times, it's it's real hard to ha keep a positive outlook on a thirty-two mile climb with a five mile an hour headwind. Like it's real hard. Yeah. Oh, and how about this? <laughs> 45 mile descent on 285 at this Ugh, point. So, so I had scary. to be, and I couldn't be on the shoulder because yeah. you're know, like one slippery bit of sand away from at that point, death or begging for death. Yeah. Like I'm not a suicidal human, but if my body was covered in road rash and I'm laying on the side of 285, yeah. in that moment, I'm begging for death. Yeah, like, yeah. please, I please. I don't want the, the wire brush to scrub the asphalt out. No, I'm done. Um, but yeah, I think just creating even something as simple for me as there's a lot of opportunities to find little sections of dirt, even in town. Yeah. So on a road bike ride that I've done a hundred times in town, just grabbing the mountain bike instead, like. And watch what your eyes see. You know how many hobo trails are next to Cherry Creek, the Cherry Creek bike path? A, a lot. This just, well, <laughs> take the amount of hobos you've seen and then just think about how many trails they can yeah. make. <laughs> But, yeah, but like, even still, like, 
Um, one one of the little like fun, just mixing it up bike missions I haven't done yet, but do plan to do. You know, one morning before work or something, would be to grab the the race bike, pedal from my house down south all the way out to the Village Greens bike park bang some laps there. Just, I mean, you're, you're getting that mix of like, I need, you know, I need this kind of riding and you know, I can drive an hour or I can ride for three. You know what we did? We've done this before. Yeah. Um, let's do it. Let's do this. Let's, let's make it on air. Let's make it on air packed. Last one didn't go so well. It didn't go well at all. I got my hand slapped and kind of like yelled at. Physically so now slapped both, your hand as hard as I could. Both <laughs> Justin and Abby have yelled at me <laughs> in, in not, like the last month. Yeah, in a, in a, within a quarter, yeah, a quarter, yeah, a year's quarter. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let and this is up for debate, um, but let's go for this. On June 29th, we have oh yeah, we have that an oh. E3 oh. mountain bike skills camp. Okay, okay, so it's focused around the E3 community. Though we're inviting. Like, for instance, there was a new customer of yours. I think you just got a bike to this weekend. That's mm-hmm. going to come. So yep. um, definitely open. Um, and we'll put that on our on our website as well, just so people at least have a link to understand what it is. But we're going to teach brand new people how to ride bikes. And it requires a lot of effort. We have to bring a ton of bikes there. We set them up. So there's a lot of effort to it. And what we learned on the last one was it would have been easier to have that stuff kind of preset yeah. beforehand. Staged so, the night before, for sure. So we can do... All of this. This is a cute little package I got here. All right. So on June 28th, Friday, uh-huh. okay, we're going to prep the trailer with all of the bikes, names of the people on the bike. Yeah, like, all everything ready to go. Set, Everything's ready to go. go. We take the trailer to Village Greens with our truck on Friday night. Now, we have a permit to be there, and so we'll write that on a sign in the dash, and we'll leave it there. We have a permit to be there. We leave the truck. You have to give me a ride home. Um, cause it'd be my truck with the trailer. Yeah. And then we link up on the path together on Saturday morning early and we ride to freaking village greens. Right at the village greens. And then everything's teach. already there. And then teach. And then we can, we can drive back. We okay. don't have to ride back. We'll, we'll circle back around that. There's some logistics on, uh, the, uh, the trailer overnight in a random parking lot to figure out. Uh, bro, sounds like both scenarios <laughs> so- <laughs> are great. One, everything's there in the morning. Yeah. Great scenario. Two, everything's not there in the morning. <laughs> if you really build it out, not a horrible scenario. Well, well, I like I like where your head's at though. Come on, this is a great idea. Uh, D, what do you think? Is this a buttoned up? This is a buttoned up deal. Oh, yeah. D rides motorcycles and does massive enduro it's style not, trips, so hey, he understands what logistics can do for a man. Bro, if you just want to ride out there, we can do that without all the loading bikes into a trailer shenanigans. Um. There we just made the three-part play, a uh, quick little mini-series before the movie starts. We'll figure it out. Okay. Uh, but yeah, just mixing it up, like taking a different bike for a different thing. Yeah, you know, that's that's a huge point you just made. The idea, taking a different bike, too. Okay, a lot of us get hung up, like, I have to ride, train on my race bike. Listen, let me tell you guys, pedaling a bike, kind of no matter what the bike is, from a penny farthing to like a freaking race bike, it's just pedaling. Yeah. So it if all your helps effort, you. If you're uh, right, like if you're at whatever zone you need to be for your training yeah. or whatever yeah. power range, like road bike, cross bike, long travel bike, short travel bike, indoor bike, anything except for electric. Yeah. yeah it's, <laughs> oh, we got to talk about the electric thing. Oh, we do have to talk about it. This we'll, is we'll, we'll, we'll put a pin in it. Okay. But anyway, so just grab a different bike. Yeah. Um, Grab a different bike and do a different thing. Um, and I, that- I, I got to do that just recently. I grabbed that Stigmata we built, and I went and rode. I rode on pavement, and then I rode on fire road, and then I saw a single track to my left. And I'm like, screw it, going to yeah. go there. Rode the single track, descended that. Then I was like, I wonder what Green Mountain's like. Hopped on the road, got to Green Mountain. Rode, like an infinite amount of... Yeah. opportunity on a gravel bike. Yeah. And I was like, dude, yes, yes, yes. It was a yes ride. I smiled like a Cheshire cat the whole time. Not perfect for riding single track, but you got down the trail, had a good time. Not the fastest wheels for a road. Yep. But still moved. Yep. Yeah. So, um, and then another thing for me has, I'm, I, I will acknowledge that I'm in a unique scenario where there is a bike shop full of demo bikes that, 
most of which are either a medium or a large and fit me almost perfectly. But taking, oh, taking a bike out that's just a fun, like it's kind of like you mentioned when you ride in your baggy riding gear, the, the, to a certain degree, the training switches off for sure. Yeah. The mindset's completely different. Um, you know, just understanding like I've got a race bike and that's a tool for a job, right? Like I don't have to love every single thing about how that bike performs on every single trail all the time. But I do have it, it, it just needs to do the job that it, it's for. Um, with all that said, I, I've come to really enjoy the bike that I'm racing. Um, but it's definitely just an it's an it's an instrument of the destruction of the Breck Epic race course. <laughs> right, right. Then that's all it is. Um, and I think the, the only time that I really got bummed out about that bike was when we did a, a fun ride one Sunday night and everybody was riding big travel bikes and hooting and hollering. And I was just kind of in the back with my dinky little race bike. Um, from that ride on, I have allowed myself to borrow, uh, a fun bike from the shop when we're doing fun rides. And it's just a differentiator. It's a different switch almost to, to kind of circle back around to the thing you were talking about. Like it's just the, the down to business. I need to ride for this amount of time at this range of power gets turned off and the fun factor comes on and it's high fives and smiles. And you know what it does? It makes it so that when you have a focused effort the next day, mm -hmm. you're refreshed. For yeah. It. You mental know, break, um, mental break for sure. I will tell you this though. The one area, and this is like my fitness professional side of me speaking, the one area of people's training programs that I observe and that I know is lacking in the greatest degree, the absolute thing that people are missing the most in their training program. You guys ready? You guys this ready? Is, you ready? Like, this is a, big is a one. dropper, right? Everyone is missing low-intensity aerobic or sub-aerobic threshold efforts, meaning people are not spending enough time simply moving at an effort that says, hey, my body's alive, my muscle systems are firing, I am breathing a little bit harder, my heart is pumping, but I'm not, I'm not exerting myself beyond much more than like, honestly, a brisk walk to a soft jog. Yeah. That training zone, we call it sub-aerobic training, yeah. is something that's not executed by people often at all. And what happens in that zone, what happens in that, in that space is that you fire your full muscle system, which forces connective tissue, ligaments, joints to communicate, talk, and do their job without being overloaded where you get stress responses, uh, muscle breakdown, and the negative things that happen internally that ultimately make us better, stronger, bigger machines with proper recovery. What you get with subaerobic training is the opportunity to just be motion is lotion mm -hmm. and to have a positive relationship with activity versus the... I'm not active all day because I have a job or whatever. And then I go and nuke myself and then I don't have any activity and then I crush myself and then I don't have activity. What do you think happens to your body systems when you start to put that spandex on when every time you put spandex on, you crush yourself? Right. Your body's already releasing stress hormones. It's already tightening up. You're already getting a sore lower back because every time you ride your road bike on these efforts, you get a sore lower back, whatever it may be. This stuff starts to happen because it's patterned around that activity. Right. The it's, the, it's, a, it's the bell and it's the dog drooling. It's the drooling. Pavlov's bell. Yeah. Exactly. And that's people miss sub-aerobic training the most. Yeah. And when you took the SB150 out and we did a fun ride, yeah. you were sub-aerobic yeah. for the bulk of the ride. Why? Because you don't give a shit how long it takes you to get to the top of the hill because the bike came fast uphill. It was so fast downhill. <laughs> and when you have downhill skills like you do... Yeah. It's not that hard to go downhill. No. Heart rate doesn't need to be pinned. So yeah. on a nerd out training side of things, yeah. which I probably spent too much time on that, spend more time having fun in your training program with a random different bike that yeah. doesn't even allow you to crush yourself and just go smile and hoot and holler. Yeah. And I, it, I think we can both be sympathetic to the fact that bikes are expensive and not everybody can have two, three, four, five bikes to do that. What? Uh, I know, I know, I know. It's a, <laughs> no. it's a scary place to think about. No, that is fair. And as a matter of fact, we even made that in our, in our notes here. But people will have a one bike. Solutions are totally. We have world class downhill parks that all rent bikes. 
Don't go break yourself off, but go to Winter Park, rent a bike, and have fun for a day. Totally. You know what? How about this? This is one that even even one step closer to home. If you, like Harley right now, I'm going to ask you, like, what are your favorite front range trails to ride? Is it weird that I say Green Mountain? No. Like, I didn't ride Green Mountain for years, and I really like it now. But I love Apex. Um, I haven't ridden in White Ranch in a long time, but it's another great one. Yeah, so so yeah. answer it along. Like, yeah. you, what you love is what you spend your time and your yeah. money on. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. what do you love? Riding bikes. Yeah, what part of the front range do you like riding bikes? What are the trails? Uh, definitely Apex. Okay. Uh, definitely Deer Creek Canyon. Okay. Definitely Layer of the Bear. And Green Mountain. And Green Mountain. Okay. Those are the trails you love to ride. Okay. What if I said... Harley, I know you only have one bike. It's a sad world that we live in. You only have one $10,000 bike with carbon wheels and uh, access shifting. Um, but what I want you to do is I want to take the list of the trails that you ride and leave those as expectation trails. Like, you know how long it should take you to do Lair of the Bear. You know how long it should take you to do Apex. You know how long it should take you to do Green Mountain Deer Creek. Yep. But you just got done trying to say you haven't ridden White Ranch in a long time. Yeah. Okay. I want you to go ride White Ranch. And I want you to be completely oblivious to the time and anything. And I want you to go enjoy the trail. I want you to count five different birds. Right. I want you to stop and take a picture at the top of every climb and before every descent, right? Like that's what I want you to go do for your training ride today. And now with one bike, I only have one bike. Yeah. But now I have, when I ride White Ranch, I don't give a crap. Yep. When I ride Deer Creek Canyon, I know what my time should be. Yeah. And now you can geographically segment your training. That's kind of a stop and smell the roses. For thing. sure. Which, okay, I ride all the trails, so I don't do that. Flower smelling champion. Okay. But uh, <laughs> I smelled them all. Um, <laughs> but you're right. I have a bunch, I let the bikes do it. But yeah. if you don't have that luxury, yeah. like you said, if you have one bike, make the trails yeah. different. I went to Ruby Hill. with. The, I took uh, one of your customers, actually. He's, uh, he's four. That kid... Stresses me out. He's four years like, old. Like he's an awesome kid and he's super yeah. nice and like everybody's great, but like the energy level is to eleven with that guy. Dude, Eli is a beast. Yeah. So this kid's doing like front flips into pools at three years. I think he's a lunatic. So um I took him to Ruby Hill Park. And so I took a, a four year old to Ruby Hill Park on his first like pedal bike. Okay. Yeah. Uh, maybe he's five. I think he's five or six or something like that. Whatever. They're tiny. Yeah. Okay. They're little humans. And um I spent the whole time on like the pump track in the excess in the small like slope style course and then back at the pump track. And I had a phenomenal time. And you know what I did secretly without him knowing? I practiced my cornering a little bit. Yeah. Like I practiced just engaging. Little stuff. Just, I just practiced cornering on my race bike because I know I'll need to, but I don't go and do that. So yeah. I practiced cornering. Go to Ruby Hill. Yeah. It's I've had more smile moments at Ruby Hill than I've had at Apex. Okay, more smiles per mile. I would, and then I'd very <laughs> rapidly drop my headset and leave production right now. Sorry, I couldn't resist. Uh, all right, I think we're we're getting close to our time on this one. But Yeah, the, you know, this one speaks to the heart, I think, of everyone who gets committed to something and you kind of get in the trenches a little bit yeah. and you're trying to dig your way back up to say, I'm supposed to fucking be excited for the yeah. thing that's at the finish line here. Especially and, when it's so close yeah. and there's self-imposed or otherwise stress associated with it. Like it's some, it's good to just take it a step back, right? Step back, take off all the crap, find a way to make it fun, whether it's planning an adventure or just changing your expectations or eliminating expectations by going somewhere completely foreign and new to you. Um, we say we all know the front range, but if you go on MTB project and you collapse Denver a little bit, the number's like 87. <laughs> How are there 87 mm. trails? Here? I know. Like there's six yeah. and everyone on all six of them pissed me off. Yep. <laughs> so. Totally. Um, yeah. I think just have fun with that, that last bit of the training. I mean, really we say eight weeks. That means about six and a half to seven weeks of real quality building more fitness and in about a week of just staying moving. So freaking close man yeah it's you know they say i'm excited I, no, like I, i've i've finally gotten to the point where i'm just like i'm just jacked and uh you know based on when everybody listens to this episode uh we have our first kind of um gut check reality moment 
because we are signed up for Firecracker 50. Yep. And we got this coming up. So we're going to be in Breck. We're going to be doing a, a race effort at Elevation on area of trail that we need to be familiar with yeah. anyway. And so we'll have a killer recap on that after that comes through. Yep. yep. And, uh, and we'll kind of have a good solid dose of like, hey, these regrets that we have, have they really set us back or can we still feel really good about where we're at? Right. Um, I do want to take a brief moment to mention um, our teammate Roger has his own podcast. Uh, it's not very cycling focused. It's a little bit of uh, right now it feels, I think it's still kind of learning its identity. It feels like a little bit of like a kitchen sink scenario. Uh, but Roger and his friend Dalton over in uh, Tulsa are doing a podcast called Too Stupid to Know I Can't. Which is a great I, response I, I, to I, everything. I love it. I love it. The name is awesome. And it was, you know, it was part of, it was a, a statement that came up when uh, for, when Roger first got approached about doing the uh, the Breck Epic. Is He's like, I'm too stupid to know if I can or I can't. So sure, yeah, let's go. Um, and I think uh, that kind of just got him thinking about doing his own version of, of a podcast and um, you know, there's a lot of different content. The most recent one is kind of, uh, got a little bit of a Marie Kondo sparking joy, getting rid of stuff vibe to it. Um, so, uh, you know, help give him a listen, help him grow. Maybe it's for you. Maybe it's not, but, uh, I had to mention it. No, I love it. And I'll tell you what, if you ever had a conversation with Roger, um, it's a ball of fun and the guy's. Like he's he's lived seven lifetimes in the short amount of time that he's already been here, and so no matter what the topic, he's got something engaging and fun to talk about. Oh yeah, which would be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so check that out again. Just as a reminder, guys, noridearound.com is our live website now, and you can find all of these episodes on a listen now link. And uh, we have a bunch of other information and pictures and, and things you can learn, and definitely contact Harley and I directly on any way we can help you guys out. What's uh, do we have a a, a listener challenge? Adventure challenge. So, I met this guy. He lives in Boulder. He was Justin a, always has a challenge in his back yeah. pocket. <laughs> so I meet this guy. He he lives in Boulder currently. Uh, he's a professional telemark skier. Yeah, and he was uh, he was a professional cyclist for a period of time. Um, got into like mountain sports more. Uh, when I, I met him years ago, and when I told him that I was into mountain biking as well, he started to like recount the rides that he does quite often. And when I expressed that I, you know, put my bike on the back of my truck, a lot of times go to work and then I'll go do a ride afterwards. He looked at me like I spit on the grave of a loved one. <laughs> like he, looked, he was so appalled by what I had said. And I, I was like, dude, geez, man. Like, what's... And he said, the tires go around. Why do you carry them somewhere? And since that conversation, I... Every time I, I drive somewhere with my bike, every now and again that conversation will creep up, and I'm yeah. like, "God, I'm a scam artist." I like I like where it's going. I, I think I know this one. I want here's the listener challenge. At some point in time in the next seven days from listening to this episode, you're going to ride bikes three of those seven days. If you're listening to this podcast, you're into it. You're probably riding three out of those seven days. One of those three rides, instead of driving your bike to wherever it is you're going to go, you have to ride there. Ride to the ride. If that means that you ride all the way to Apex and you literally just do a circle in the parking lot on your mountain bike and ride home because you're smoked, do so it. be it. Yeah. And that means if you ride to the trailhead and you do the whole ride and you come back out and you call your wife, girlfriend, business partner, or Uber XL, do it. Okay? Not me. I wouldn't pay for that. But ride to a ride in the next seven days. One of your rides. Ride to your ride. Here's the deal. I'm going to already take your hurdles away from you. No, it's not convenient. Yes, it's going to take you longer. No, you're not going to get to do as much fun riding. Just do it. Shut up and do it and see what happens when you break down one of those initial barriers to this idea of what I can and can't do with this sport, this fun, this hobby, this recreation I call bike riding. Yes. And then <laughs> send us pictures. Yes. Put pictures up. Send them to us. Contact page on the website. We don't have a uh, an Instagram set up, but you can just hashtag no ride around. And I follow that particular hashtag on Instagram. So we'll see them. So hopefully if... Uh, we get some people to accept the challenge and do some rides and make some social media happen, we can uh, we can share it on the website and maybe share some stories too. And just let you guys know, we know how many people listen to each episode. So if we have 175 listens to this episode and no one posts anything... We're going to be mad. Y'all a bunch of sheep. <laughs> <laughs> um, last thing, 
as always, a big thank you to all of our sponsors, Nixon's Coffee House, Junk Headbands, Orbea Bicycles, SRAM, Continental, Crank Brothers, and Color Up Therapeutics. <laughs> God, Thanks, need to start guys. writing these down. Thanks, we everybody, for listening. It. <laughs>